Welcome Ooh. to the Carl Landry Record Club. Oh, that's good. That feels good. Thank you. Thank a, you. A music Thank podcast you. from the rights of Ricky Sanchez. Pleasure to see everyone here tonight. I Ooh. am Spike, along with Mootloo. How Ooh, are you? Ah, uh, oh, yeah. Popping fresh dough. <laughs> I have I one thing to get into in forever. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that in forever. Do they don't still use that? Do they? It was Pillsbury that used that. That's like twenty-five years ago, man. Yeah, that's a long time old. ago. Yeah, I have Do one you know, thing. I know where time is a little. You know, we're yes. we're on the clock today. Yes, we are. On I the have clock. one thing I have to bring up though, because you know mm-hmm. I've been trying to limit my time on Twitter. Yes, I did happen to be scrolling through yesterday, oh, no. and I yes. I saw you in a hot dog costume. Yes, and I actually did I didn't want to. I know it was for a good cause, for charity, but I didn't really want to listen to what you were saying because I was just taken in by the sight of you in a hot dog costume. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Tommy from the sh- down the shore had some thoughts about it. He's like, yo, Spike, yo, man, I saw you over at Colonial Nissan. Yeah, we're wearing a hot dog costume. You okay, bud? Yeah, yeah, Tommy, I'm all right. <laughs> I, I just, I did it for the for the homeless dogs, you know? It was, it was, so... <laughs> they host these things at Colonial Hyundai with the Brandywine Valley SPCA, where it's like right. an adoption event. They bring over like seven or eight adoptable dogs. I hang out for a couple hours. And I've, I've endorsed Colonial Hyundai for years now, five, six, seven years. I can't even remember. In, in Downingtown. Those ads and, still run on WIP, too. I, yes. I hear you yeah, I, st- yeah. I still do Sports and 60. I still do like a, a daily editorial on WIP in Philadelphia and and whatever. So, and I'm happy to do it, like, proud to do it, love going down there with the dogs. So they always have me do this Facebook Live thing, you know, talking about what's going on during it. Sometimes I talk about the cars, but I always talk about the dogs, but dogs are there. And the last few times they've done it around holidays. So it was Easter, they had somebody in an Easter bunny costume and you could bring your dog and take your dog's picture with the Easter bunny or your dog's picture with Santa Claus. So they set this one up for July and I was like, what's the costume? And they're like, eh, that's not really a costume. And I was like, well, I think there probably should be a costume. So I went on Amazon and bought a hot dog costume and because <laughs> it's the summer. And even though I don't even eat hot dogs and I brought it down there and everyone was like, oh, hey, Spike, how you doing? I was like, yep, yeah, I brought a hot dog costume. They're like, okay, good. And uh, <laughs> I just I put it on the work the whole time. Well, it's interesting too that festive, you, you, you know? chose the uh, you chose the hottest day of the year too. To, yes, to wear the hot dog costume. To wear yeah. like it, it's yeah, I don't think it's going to be a hotter day than that. And, and timing and, was was impeccable. And surprisingly, the hot dog costume, the twenty eight dollar hot dog costume I ordered on the internet, didn't breathe that well. I know it's it's shocking to you <laughs> that that it wasn't you know cool and and easy, but. So yes, and we had uh, we had two dogs adopted on site, and then immediately following at the shelter, two more of the dogs were adopted. One of them was the oldest dog there; I think she was like ten years old. And wow. someone came in specifically to adopt the old dog. So yeah, so there was. So that's my. Well, so now I own a hot dog costume. If we ever need one, maybe I'll wear it for the live Carl in November. There you go, man! Wow, yeah. wow. You Can you know. sit comfortably in that thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is not, it like it's a not, onesie? Do you just kind of pull yeah. it on and it's yeah? Okay. You just pull it over. My legs are completely free in the hot dog costume. So oh, it's like more from your kind of. It's is it like yeah. short short? It's like for my thighs. It's almost like a like a like if I was wearing like a a summer dress. Like it's like the end of the bun is like sort of. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a sundress. It's like a sundress. <laughs> <laughs> only different. Yeah, only a hot dog. You know. <laughs> 
So, oh, man. So that's me. I, I, I like to go above and beyond. I like to go, I like to do more than people ask me for. So that's what I did. I liked it not only, not just more than people ask me for, but different than people ask me for sometimes. Nobody asked for the hot dog <laughs> costume, but... Did it? So, did people like when they were coming yeah. up to you? Were people like, "Hey, what? Like, how? What are those converse? Like, hey, man, did you? Well, it's just why weird. You, why are you wearing this? To where nobody wants to ask, right? It's they're kind of uncomfortable, like, right? Yeah. You know, because there are people coming in there just to buy a car. You know, they didn't want to see. Like, they're already confused by the. But you know, you walk in and there's like dogs in there. People are like, "Oh, cool." Most people are like, happy when they go somewhere and they don't expect there to be dogs and they're dogs. You know, right. they're. They're surprised by it, maybe even confused, but mostly happy. When there's a 45-year-old guy with them in a hot dog <laughs> costume, nah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But the employees seem to like it. And the one guy, the one guy there who always has to dress up in the costumes didn't have to dress up in the costume I did. So, so everything worked out for everyone. So Beautiful. Yeah. So what are we doing today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. So we're we're a a music podcast, a music appreciation podcast. We like to say because we usually talk about two albums. We're not doing that today. We're doing a special episode, but we usually talk about two albums: a listener submitted album, and then one that Mutlu or I pick out, and we listen to them and try to find what we like about them. And the idea is the old-fashioned way of learning about new music. Somebody not necessarily new, but music you don't already know. Uh, somebody telling you about it and then talking about it. And then sometimes it's fun just for people to listen, to do a dive on an album that they do like, you know, and hear what other people seem to like about it. Today, and, and by the way, you can suggest an album, do it in the Apple Podcast reviews in the ratings there. Leave us five stars in Apple Podcast. Please leave us the five stars and leave the album in the review, or you can do it at carlandrewrecordclub.com. Today's episode, I don't know what made me think of this. Mutlu... You know, I usually send Mutlu my album. We send each other albums like Tuesday or Wednesday for our Sunday recording. And I was like, hmm, I don't, I, I don't know what clicked on this, but I was like, we've been talking about the 90s a lot. Occasionally we'll mention a music video, but we've never done like a music video episode. So today's episode, I picked out five music videos that I really love along with songs that I actually really like too. And Mutlu picked out five. And we're just going to talk about these music videos and would love to hear from you, whether it's on Twitter or email or Apple podcast reviews, videos you liked and videos you loved and videos that were meaningful to you and videos that made you think different about videos. I'm 45, I'll be 46 soon. You are a few years old, younger than me, right? Yeah. I just turned 43. Okay. So, but for us in the, for me, at least, I don't want to speak for you. I'm curious about you. MTV, when I was younger, was, I would say, the primary source, non-friend, the primary media source for learning about music, learning about new bands and new songs and new artists. For me, it was MTV. And especially from age 10 to like probably 21, you know, whether it be normal MTV, you know, just during the day when hair bands were popular and that was what I loved to watching Headbangers Ball and 120 Minutes and all of these shows. Like it was, I would say, crucial in my music evolution. Was it the same for you? Absolutely the same for me. And there was sort of a pattern. If there was a video that I really loved, I would then go out and early on at least, uh, mm -hmm. if we're saying early 90s, when I first really started watching videos, I would go out and get the cassette single. Yes. The cassette single. Because yep. you could hear the song, and then usually the instrumental was on the back. 
And so eventually, once you memorize a song, you could kind of sing along or, or rap along and kind of do your own rendition of it. I love that. I love that. I had so many cassette singles that were a direct byproduct of watching MTV videos. And the thing about videos on MTV, and I know this is hard for people who did not live through it to understand it, but it, it was this way, is that video premieres were an enormous deal, were huge. And, and it, it could change, a video on MTV could change the course, not only of the band, but of music. You know, I, I, I think that the Smells Like Teen Spirit video Oh yeah. Like Nirvana doesn't happen without the Smells Like Teen Spirit video, right? And then you think to when Thriller came out and you might've been too young to remember it, but it was such an enormous deal that they would tell you the time that they would play it. So you could know you could watch it. And they were playing Thriller probably every hour. And they also had a making of Thriller, a half hour making of Thriller that I remember I had on VHS or something that I would watch constantly. And it was, you, you couldn't get enough of it. And this was obviously a time when things weren't on demand. So, so the, the premiere of it, and I do miss the buildup to something like that. Like I, it is nice to wake up and find music from a band you didn't know was gonna release music. It's just on your phone and you can just listen to it. But the anticipation of it was really key for me. Yeah, it's in a strange way the experience has become somewhat devalued because mm -hmm. everything is a click away now. Any and every video you want to watch, any song you want to hear is a click away. But it wasn't like that, you know, pre-social media, pre-mobile technology, smartphones. And I remember this feeling of, you know, I, I think I picked the videos that I picked today primarily based off remembering that feeling of like, oh, yep. when this video comes on, I'm amped up. Or if my friends were over, like if... Uh, it was a good day came on. That's a big moment. We've been waiting for this video. We're just hanging yep. around, doing whatever. And that, that video comes on and you're charged. And I, I don't know if we process music in quite the same way anymore because it's just so easy to access everything. It, it, absolutely. A hundred percent. And if you're not into, into it, 30 seconds in, you can just you just bail. Whereas... If you've waited for something for, you know, two weeks, you're going to give it a chance and you're <laughs> going to make an appointment for it. But it, that, that's sort of the anticipation, the, the, even I think the, um, the patience with, with really getting into something, actually looking at your video list and your videos, uh, it, and, and then looking at mine, I was actually... I, I feel like I want to do a whole other list of videos that were more from my teen years and my evolution years, because these are more, as I got older, these are more like late teens and then twenties and, and even like close to 30 for one of them, just sort of like the, maybe the end of the video era. I, my videos go up through 07 or so, which I think you could argue is probably the last gasp of when videos could make a giant imprint. There were few in that era, but then it, but I, I almost could go back to, and we talked about, when we talked about Guns N' Roses, this wasn't a video, but there was an hour long Guns N' Roses concert that used to air on MTV constantly, Guns N' Roses at the Ritz. And it was uh, just like, again, it was MTV. It was just tuning in and hoping that the Ritz concert would be on. And if not, maybe hanging around for an hour, that, that hoping that, that that programming would be on. It was a wild time, man. I think the only thing that can 
channel that feeling anymore or replicate that is a live concert now. I don't think we yeah. get that from any form of media anymore. We're spoiled, you know? Yeah. But, it, but I, I do think it, well, I don't want to say devalues the experience, but there's just not that anticipation anymore no. for anything. You know, no. like you said, an album shows up at midnight. Okay, here it is. You know. So, so we each picked five. I can already look at the clock and tell you that we're not going to get through all 10. I, I feel like we, yeah, we might have not. to do, we might have to do a second <laughs> episode of this. We'll see Part how, two. how people two. react. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We should do listener ones and then whatever we don't get to. So Mulu picked out Ice Cubes, It Was a Good Day, Jamiroquai's Virtual Insanity, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, Missy Elliott, Work It, and The Cranberries Linger. And I picked 30 Seconds to Mars, The Kill, Tools, Stink Fist, Puff Daddy and Mace, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, Stabbing Westward's Shame, and She Wants Revenge, Tear You Apart. Why don't we go person to person? So we'll just start with you. Why don't we start with, or you pick. You pick what you want to start with. Start with Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer. Mm, yes. Now, this was actually, this record debuted before I really started watching videos, but it was still in heavy recurrent play yeah. when I started watching videos. We had a conversation recently about David Bowie. Yes. A brief conversation. I forget how we got off onto that tangent because we weren't doing one of his records, but about how he was someone who always challenged himself. He set that tone, that precedent from the start of his career, that he was mm -hmm. always going to take chances. And I view Peter Gabriel in the same light. Someone who always pushed the envelope, wasn't afraid to take chances, and was quite innovative. And perhaps the best example of that is this video. Because this video, watching it again, is still so good. 35 yeah. years later, I've seen this kind of technology bef before or since this record came out. Never done quite this way. I mean, it has sort of the stop-action animation and claymation and... There's sort of a tweaked out version of him. He's kind of like shaking the whole time, which is kind yeah, of a. Weird it's almost thing. like missing frames, I guess, is how they do it. They film it and then they pull frames out. So there, it's almost like stop. It's not stop motion, but there's, yeah, there's, it makes him look like he's uh, shaking. Yeah, the right. entire time. Right. And and if just just so you can, obviously everyone knows how to use YouTube, but in the post for this podcast on carlandrewrecordclub.com, I'm going to embed all the videos. So nice. if you if you want to look at it as we're talking about it, it's on it's on there. I the thing about this video too is you could look at it and I just thought to myself, man, I bet he really had a hand in what this video was. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it felt very, it felt very Peter Gabriel that this almost even would be an idea of his. I don't know if it was, but it seems like it would be. He's someone who always seemed to steer the ship creatively, yeah, and still does, and has you know taken charge of the business side of his career from early on. Y you know, I think this this video is a testament to Peter Gabriel in one sense that. He could make great pop music without, and still be incredibly weird and sort yes. of, uh, sort of eccentric and irreverent in some ways. What I like about this video is there's elements of the animation or the stop action animation, I guess, that mirror the lyric. Like when he says "bumper cars bumping," there's like little bumper cars like fly by his head or bump bump up to him. Yeah, you know that's a that's a thread in 
that's something I noticed through all the videos. Some videos really follow the lyrical narratives. Others don't. It's more just about evoking a feeling or almost creating a separate story that's sort of parallel to the lyric. But this one, you know, he says and does certain things, and then the animation kind of reflects it. And I, I sort of love that about this one. Yeah, I, I saw him once. My One of the best gifts my wife ever got me was tickets to the So uh, anniversary tour. I think it was oh. probably 10 years ago at the... Uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, and like I, I get emotional thinking about how good that show was, you know. <laughs> and he is a artist. It's, I think it is perfect that you compared him to Bowie. That transcends his own age and transcends time almost. And I think that his his music, which oftentimes is ahead of his time is ahead of a time that almost never comes sometimes. Like a Bowie, I think is that way, and maybe even talking head some way, and that you can hear influence on others, but but it it's more of an influence in terms of like tone and things that you pick out and never starts a wave because it's so singular in what he does, you know? And I, I think that, that he is that way, that he is, and it, it makes them timeless. It means that they never seem old. Peter Gabriel music, never seems old to me. He never seems old to me, do you know? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And just like Bowie, see, some artists are reactive to what's happening in the musical environment or ecosystem, mm-hmm. and that can be great because they get inspired by something new and something special happens. Like I'm, I'm thinking of the Stones and Miss You. Yes. You know, that was, a, that was a reactive decision to disco, but they did a great rendition of disco in mm-hmm. the Stones way. You know, yep. but but artists like Peter Gabriel aren't don't operate in that way. No, they're making the decision to do something on their own. It's not reactive, and I think because of that, like you said, it doesn't feel tethered to any one time, because they're always kind of going at their own pace or at their and following whatever muse yep. leads them down a certain path. So uh, yeah, this is and this is a great example of just how unique Peter Gabriel is, and and really is amazing. I thought when I watched it again, I thought. Uh, is this going to look dated to me? And it it doesn't. It, it just, it holds up. And this was a time when I think artists were looking at the video. You know, I, I originally had on my list uh, Take On Me from AHA, but I think it was when artists were looking at video as, ooh, I could do something extra here. Do you know what I mean? Like this isn't something, it eventually became something that they had to do, but it seemed like I can, I can tell another story almost with, right. with this. So why don't we go to one of mine and I'll just go down the order of my list. 30 seconds to Mars, The Kill. Came out in 2006, and it is from. So the kill is from 30 Seconds to Mars' second album, A Beautiful Lie, and the probably know him as Jared Leto is the singer, and his, his brother Shannon is in the band, and they're still massively popular. This band, they've built a a large cult following, and I, I appreciate what they've done in that their fan base feels like a, a thing, like a community, like they, they have a language and a, a thing. That not everybody likes it. AU specifically does not like Jared Leto oh, really? or 30 Seconds <laughs> to Mars, but I, I Let's do. Let's bring that lot. up next time he's on. We gotta have a discussion We, we had a about fight that. about it once. We, we, we had, <laughs> I, said, I said something that 
LL Pavorsky, LL, LL Pavorsky is a, a sponsor of the rights to Ricky Sanchez. He's a jeweler. And I said, he's multi-talented like Jared Leto. And AU was like, how could you say Jared Leto's multi-talented? And I was like, what are you fucking crazy? I was like, he's got like <laughs> platinum albums and he won an Oscar. Like, of course he's multi-talented. Like he, he specifically is very talented at two things. And he's like, no, he sucks. He sucks. Like, All right. Okay, man. <laughs> I've, I've seldom heard AU get, you know, he uh, hates react him. so negatively to someone. So. He hates now, him. Now we definitely got to bring it up next time he's on. Mental note. So, so this, I was talking about the end of videos having a massive imprint. This song does not become the giant hit it was, and it became a huge alternative radio hit, but was very slow build. And I mentioned this was their second album. Their first album was interesting. When you do interviews with the band, you weren't allowed to ask Sherrod about acting. It could just be about the music, which I appreciate in retrospect. It was silly, but I appreciate it in retrospect. This, th there was some momentum behind the band, but it was this slow build and all of a sudden this video happened. So the video is is really just a tribute to The Shining. Stanley and Kubrick all day. And the frames yeah. are set up that way, which I love. Yes. The Kubrick way, long hallways, mm -hmm. the, the lobby area has, it's right out of one of his films. Not just even The Shining, but the Kubrick sort of shot setup, you know? They are, they are, they are true to Kubrick in this. And this is, you know, one of the things, of course, you would imagine a person who's a movie star in the band would would care about and pay attention to things like that that maybe somebody else wouldn't. Um, so what it is, it is set up just like The Shining, except that the band is going to this hotel to sort of have a retreat and record an album rather than Jack Nicholson. It, it like, that's it. That's all that happens. But there are interesting moments, like when they say, uh, so in... In The Shining, you're not supposed to go in room 237. In this, you're not supposed to go in room 6277. And the reason it's 6277 is that spells out Mars on a phone, dial pad. Oh, yeah. yeah. pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is interesting. And there are a lot of notes in the movie that they pick up in this video from the woman in the bathtub to the, the best moment, I think, is the, the bear moment where it looks into the hotel room and sees the bear being intimate with himself. <laughs> Which is uh, the strangest, one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I had to like rewind that and say, is that actually what's happening? Like, I wasn't sure if I didn't see it clearly. It was like, no, that is what's happening there. Yeah. And then the performance part of it is basically the band sort of dressed up in the era of, um, you know, like the 1930s era of like sort of the ghosts from The Shining. This sticks out to me, not only because it's good, it's, simple it's really well done but it made a mark and it it like it was one of the last music videos to i think change the course of the success of a band and i'm not sure if 30 seconds to mars pivots to what they ultimately become which is a band that could headline like a, a arenas and sheds for a while you know like they 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 can do a shed they could headline it it need to be a big bill but they could do a shed that that never happens if this video doesn't happen, I don't think. And this came out when? This this uh, uh, 06, 07, right around then. Yeah. Yeah, because that was really the tail end of. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. By then, I I kind of feel like the video era was almost over. Yep. Yep. Uh, or it was sort of an in between because YouTube was just taking off. I mean, would you mm -hmm. say YouTube sort of cannibalized sort of the? I don't know the practice of watching music videos on TV because why do you need to do that? It's just right on your right. phone. 
Right, and it was part of the MTV pivot to you know what it eventually became, which was just reality shows and television shows and very few videos. But this was, you know, I, I do like, this video was a talking point. You know, it was, and it it did it. And I remember because I moved to Chicago and I was working at an alternative station at the time, and we were one of the last stations in the country to start playing this song. But it got over the hump because of this video. So. I think this is a great video. I actually think Thirty Seconds Smart is a really good band. He's a great singer, but I think this was a neat decision to make and incredibly well done, like impeccably done. Yeah, not a band that I'm that familiar with, but I love the mm. video and I and I like the song. Yeah, and I think Jared Leto's acting ability. It's it seems strange to say, but he knows how to be on camera. Yes, and he knows how to deliver. Yeah, and that's a big part of the video. In addition to the fact that if you're gonna, you know, pay homage to any one director, it might as well be Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, and and yeah. I, I think I love the fact that they took the time to figure out. I mean, that's not an easy thing. The way he set up his shots, he would take days to yeah try to figure out how to make a particular scene look a certain way. The fact that they took the time to channel that and emulate that is incredible. And then I like the story that each char- each character, each band member has their own sort of separate little. Mm-hmm. journey within yep. the video yeah uh, which and of course the bear scene you mentioned <laughs> it but i was gonna it's one of the strangest things i've ever seen i still don't know what it means yeah and i think it's interesting to me because jared leto is such a great actor and has proven himself over time i think when he first emerged on the scene i didn't know what to make of him but if you, if you think even back to like fight club even though that was a small role we're talking about Bowie and Peter Gabriel. He's someone that does that as an actor. He Don't, always you're takes gonna, You're going to really upset Unterberger in this. Oh, I no. mean, he does. He, Apologies, he, Andrew. He, immer- <laughs> he immerses himself in roles, it seems like, and ends up playing completely different people compared to somebody like Tom Cruise is a good actor, but always seems to be playing a different version of the same person, right. whereas Leto does, does not. He's a true chameleon. Yeah, he's more connected in his approach to me to either the method or true theater acting, mm-hmm. where he wants to reinvent himself. Like in Blade Runner 20, 2049, I mean that is that role. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what is it? How did he make those decisions? Like, what led him to those decisions? And it's so creepy the way he plays that role. For what, what I understand too, he doesn't talk to people on the set. I remember reading something oh, that really? he wants to stay in character, and that he. To such an extent that he's not, he doesn't want to socialize too much. I think there was one of the Marvel, not Marvel, but DC Comics movies he was in. I guess he played the Joker. I haven't, I haven't actually seen it, but. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Suicide Squad. He was the Joker. I never saw it. <laughs> okay, funny story, then we'll go to one of your videos because I want to keep <laughs> going. So I ended up getting to know him a little bit because he was a smart band guy and he would have his own relationship with radio programmers. So he would be. Very communicative, I would say. And, you know, met him, talked to him a few times. So after I'd moved back to Philadelphia, they were playing the Electric Factor and I was dating my my wife at the time. And she was super excited to meet him. We went to a, a meet and greet before the show. And he sort of like totally ignored her and just focused on me and like gave me a big oh. hug and said hello and blah, 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 blah. And she... She has not forgotten it. And like for once, you know, I got treated like the pretty girl and she she didn't. (laughs) And it, she fucking 
was miserable the rest of the night and has not forgiven him since. So, so you you guys will be having dinner and it still comes up that once in a while. Well, sure. You'll at some point when you see her next, just bring up, hey, Jared have you Leto. ever met Jared Leto? Have you ever met Jared? Leto? So. <laughs> All right. She'll what's probably look one? at you and get really upset. Yeah, she'll know exactly what's going on. All right. Which one do you want to do next? Let's do, um, let's see here. Ice Cube. It was a good All one. All right. Woke her up around one. She didn't hesitate to call Ice Cube the top gun. Drove her to the pad and I'm coasting. Took another sip of the potion. Hit the three wheel motion. I was glad everything had worked out. Dropped her ass off and then chirped out. There's something now, I have in my head about this that I wanted to talk about, but go ahead, set it up. Because because we did Predator, we discussed that album a while yes, ago. Yes, we did. A great album, and this song, this is one of my favorite videos of all time. I, I have a feeling of nostalgia yeah. for this, because like I mentioned at the beginning, this was one of those videos where I became obsessed with the video, then bought the Kasingle. Mm-hmm. And then did eventually come to a point where I would flip it around, play the instrumental, and, and, and rap it? along. Yeah, line for line. Yeah. Wow. Line line. Yeah. There was the, I got to that point. And that happened with a number of songs. But this was one I, I recall. And I think it's a great testament to Ice Cube's storytelling ability, which we talked about when we discussed Predator. He's able to put you in a scene like few other lyricists can. He, he, he sets the tone. He... He gives you the visual, and I just love that the video follows that that narrative that he sets in the lyric. In other words, if you just listen to the song and you picture what it is, the video is pretty much what that would be. So it's it's just following the, the stage that he sets, the scene that he sets. The other thing that I think is brilliant about this lyric and this video is that everything is presented as the exception to the rule. Right, right, right. In right, other right. words, yeah. now he, here are a series of examples of what happened on this day, and yep. let me just tell you, it doesn't normally go that way. Right, which I just think is such a such a clever way to to frame a, a lyric and and to provide a commentary on like you know on any other given day if there was it was it wasn't a good day you know that would right. be like maybe part two. So I, it's everything is presented as the exception to the rule, and that's what stuck out to me when I was listening to it again and watching it again. It also led me to the Isley Brothers because that's Isley Brothers samples what's at the core of this track, their tune, Footsteps in the Dark, and they're one of my favorite groups. But I wasn't aware of them until I sort of discovered this song. And it, it just, like I said, it, it, it sort of gets me back to that nostalgia of this was a video I would anticipate when it would come on, I'd be psyched for it. It's like I was probably rapping along with Ice Cube. And one other factoid I should say is that this video was directed by F. Gary Gray, who then went on to direct Ice Cube in uh, in Friday? Mm, I didn't so, know that. It's a yes. good little fact. Yeah. So, uh, and he's had a, a great career as a music video director and a, and a director as well. So, I love this one. Uh, it, it it brings out like a nostalgic feeling for me. Here are the three things that I I thought about while I was watching the video that struck me. One. It must. It might be the most literal video of all time. In that, <laughs> right? Almost every time he says something, you see it. You know, like you see, and Mama cooked a breakfast with no hog. You see the bacon turn there into eggs, right? And I love that. I love right. that. Yeah. No. I, like it's just it, once you start seeing it, you can't stop seeing it. That like 
the cops pulled up to him next to him and then the cops drive away and let him go. Like triple double, he, you don't see him actually make that basket, but you see him making the basket. So like- I love the like, way he walks it, off the court too. Yes. It's yeah. like, I just schooled you guys, man. Yeah. Right, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> so, so that I've, I've, I can't, I, I literally cannot remember a, a video that so literally hits that many notes. Second thing is how startling it is seeing the gun in the video in the first 20 seconds of it. So he like, he wakes up and you see him before he leaves the house, go to grab the gun. And this isn't me like, I'm not shaming or anything. Cause I, I sort of remember when this started to turn. Um, I think there was an Onyx song that like all of a sudden people are like, nah, maybe we shouldn't do that or whatever. But I, I guess I was just taken aback how clear and obvious there was a gun in the video that, you know, that he went and he grabbed before he left for the day. And then the other thing is, and I guess I never paid attention to this. Ice Cube has like relations with three girls in one day. It seems like there's, there's like three separate references. Well, you know, he's uh, a, he, I know it's a good day. It was a good day. It was a good it was day. A good, it was a good yeah, day. It was a very yeah. good day. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, when he gets to the third, I was like, another one. Jesus Christ. How much time do you have? Hey, Man. you know, he, you know, some days everything, uh, you know, <laughs> everything he had a lot out. of relations that day. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, a great video and a great song. Just a, a total moment for, for Ice Cube. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think, I think oh, when you ahead. think of this, one last thing I'll say about yeah. this one is that I think people forget sometimes because maybe they, especially younger kids, maybe know him more as an actor, mm -hmm. people forget what a great MC he is. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know that like a younger generation appreciates how influential he was, uh, what a seismic impact like his emergence on the scene led to, you know? I think people see him in movies and he's he's, he's a good actor too, but... I think more people should appreciate what a great rapper he is. He, at some point, just what happens with a lot of artists who, when, when what they say is an important part of what they do, sometimes they just run out of things to say, I think. And I think you could argue that right around, I wouldn't blame the acting thing, but right around, the, right around 2000, like right late 90s, he had said so much and his life had changed so much that maybe what he had to say wasn't quite as interesting or as important as it was before. But in terms of like, when you look at that run of America's Most Wanted and The Predator and what Lethal Injection, yeah. and then even through like the, uh, you know, Gorillas in the Mist and like, like put, then you get to like push and wait in the late nineties and it, it got, bop gun like it, it wasn't quite as good but but in that early era he was an incredible lyricist and a great MC like incredibly important and saying things with a tone that nobody else said and nobody and, uh, else said it the way he said it yeah and it's all over Predator you know yeah. his ability to set a scene and to provide a social commentary I think mm -hmm. few rappers could do it like like he could do it or he yeah, can do for it, sure. you know Let's go to Stabbing Westward's Shame. Really 
Stabbing Westward, a band from Chicago. That guy's still kicking around Chicago, I think, the singer. Good band. Their biggest hit was What Do I Have to Do? It was on the same album as Shame was. This is a another storytelling video where the story seems related to the song, definitely, but is not going along with it. It's almost an extension of the song. I actually don't know if this video gets made today because it, 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 like what it does from, so it tells the story of a, a woman in the beginning who gets contacted by a guy who was obviously institutionalized in part because of how he treated her, like an obsession over her. And the song is sort of a normal person version of that. Like the chorus is, I don't know how I can exist without you. I don't know how I can exist without you. So it seems to me when I'm watching this video is like, <clears throat> the agony of the lyrics or like the longing of the lyrics. This is the, you know, comic book cartoonized. This is, you know, what it could become the worst version of this sort of play out of what is going on in his head. You even see it at the end of the video too. The video tells a story about these two people. What I really enjoy about it is, and it, it actually happened in a different video that I said, is the captions, you don't hear except for in the very beginning, you don't hear the two people talking. You hear it, in the, but like you see the closed captions of them, what they're saying to each other while the music is playing. And I just think it's such like an interesting choice to be listening to one set of words and reading another set. And it, it resolves in a really interesting way where the guy is chasing the woman and they make it to the top of a building and he goes to grab her and she steps away and he falls off the building. But also while this is happening, you see the members of the band watching this as if it's a movie, sort of having fun, while the singer is still singing it and obviously like more in his head and sort of distraught as he's singing the song. And I think it's a, it's a, like, it looks really cool. And I feel like the, the, the story part of it looks like a foreign film, like looks like an indie foreign film. Uh, this video has always stuck. I've always loved the song, but the video has always stuck with me. Yeah. Most of your video picks had this quality of a, like a short film. Right. Yes, they do. They do. And where you can't decide what necessarily you should engage with. Although I always found myself, cause it happened to a few others that you picked this one. I was more glued into the, into the story that was happening on the screen, the, the right. captions. So automatically what happens is your your brain takes you towards that and the song becomes like a background. Yeah, almost uh, like a soundtrack, soundtrack, like in a movie, yeah. you know, yeah. So I don't even know really what he was saying in this song. It fits the energy and the mood. Yep. And it, it creates a, a certain angst that is perfect mm -hmm. for the short story that's in the film or, or in the video. But it's sort of an unsettling thing to watch, especially when the guy first calls her. And, you know, it's sort of, it's a heavy subject matter to do. Yes. That I'm not sure that people, like you said, I'm not sure it would get made quite in this way in this day and age because there's a, there's a certain menace to the way he, he goes after her. Although, you know, there's justice in the end because <laughs> the way it ends is like, you know, he gets the worst of it. Yeah. But, you know, even the thing of like someone who... I think maybe it would be framed differently because I think people are a little more aware of mental illnesses and, you know, how those manifest and how traumatic that can be. Mm -hmm. But again, at this time when, when this came out, I don't think people were, the conversation wasn't the same from a societal standpoint. So I don't think people necessarily thought of it that way 
When yeah, and I don't, I, I, don't, I don't get the sense that he was trying to minimize that or demonize it. I think he is, when you look at the lyrics, which are, you know, is about like losing somebody and not knowing who you are after you've lost them and not knowing if you'll even exist without them. He is seeing himself through this character. And I don't think that means he would try to kill her. Like, I, I don't think that's what's going on. I think that like there's a, a chaos to how he feels and a, like a, a sadness and a, a despair. And I think that's how it's sort of showing itself through the video. But I, yeah, I, I do looking at mine. There are a lot of storyteller ones in this, but I, I love this one, man. And it didn't disappoint going back and looking at it, watching it again. I loved it. And I, man, they were really having fun at the end of the video watching this movie. Uh, yeah. Watching it on 3D, throwing popcorn at each other. You know, they're really. What's well, weird too, because the band, like you said, the singer is so in his own head and mm-hmm. engaged with singing the song. But yeah. throughout the video, even before they end up watching the movie at the end with the popcorn and all that, they're kind of distracted. The band members, right? They're kind of yes. like looking at each other. It's like they're ready to leave. It's kind of weird that they just leave while he's still singing. <laughs> while That's he's the still only playing. One. Yeah. Yeah. While well, he, the song is still playing, but they're not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, why is the drummer trying to get the guitar player's attention? Meanwhile, the lead singer just all in on it, you know? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right. Which one of yours next? Let's do the uh, Missy Elliott. Yeah. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your primitive and wet, yet. It's your primitive and wet, yet. Man, this was a point in time. Miss Elliot Timberland era was just like a moment that definitely does not get the credit it deserves. What an incredible collaboration. Yeah. Two uniquely talented singular mm-hmm. artists slash songwriter producers, and this is a true collaboration one of many that they had. Yeah. I love the video because the video represents that sort of eclectic approach that they took to to writing and production. Yep. The, so distinctive in its musical approach, lyrical approach, even what she what she does on the chorus. Yeah. I I've I, to this day I've never heard a hook like that. It's you're someone you know, it's just just the She's decision to do something. Yeah. yeah, backwards. It's wild. And, and it's so catchy. It's so yeah. bizarre and it's so catchy. And she's someone who just always had, or has. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think she's made as many records in recent years. She's kept a lower profile, but I know she is someone who does a lot of production work for other people too. So she's just a prolific individual as as a as a creator in general. But just there's no one like her. There's really no one like Timbaland. You put the two of them together, it's incredible. And one thing I love about this video, and I guess I hadn't picked up on it before is that every motion in the video is locked in rhythmically to yeah. the song. Like yep. Even Timbaland, when you see him at the beginning, the way he moves, everything is right right on track with the, with the beat. Nothing is askew, ever. Even the backward stuff, like they, yeah. they, it goes backwards almost, you know? <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a nice combination of sexy and tongue-in-cheek and weird at the same time i mean there's like bees buzzing around at the beginning like that that was something i always thought was interesting and they're kind of flying around the turntable and then flying around her and then there's a a scene for example when she's in the salon and a a lot of it seems like it's sort of loose and 
it cuts between a number of different scenes, but there's actually real choreography in the video that you don't consciously think of when you watch it maybe the first time through, but even the way the the girls in the salon are moving, that there's a choreography to it. And singular singular video and song and such a great representation of both Missy Elliott and, and Timbaland. Like Peter Gabriel or David Bowie, singular in that this video looks like it come out yesterday and people would go, wow, yeah. that video is wild. You know, there's in, in terms of like the influence, but no one ever being anything, being able to accomplish anything like them. And I say that moment in time, obviously Timbaland has continued to produce record after record after record, like hit after hit after hit, but there, there was a time when it was new and it sounded different from his solo stuff to even producing, producing that Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody, that Aaliyah song with the, he sampled the baby in it, you know, like he was, he was doing things that nobody else did. It sounded fucking wild. Like one of my favorite records, I know we've talked about it. I don't think we ever did a record club on it. It was Welcome to Our World, which was Timbaland and Magoo and Missy at the time. It was just a really cool click. And the video looks so, I also love how sharp it looks visually. Mm -hmm. The colors are so bright. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it looks like almost oversaturated a little bit, but it, it's a really just a fucking cool video. Almost like one of mine that I picked was Puff Daddy and Mace, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. It almost was like a weird version of those videos. Like it looked like it, it was, there was obviously they spent a lot of time and a lot of money on it, but it was like weird. It was like a weird version of it. Something was off, you know? Yeah, more similar lighting. I think yeah. there was a certain look to those, like you said, to those videos at that time, but they just turned it on its head. I mean, yeah. they, they took it to some other place. Also, the editing is incredible in this video mm -hmm. because it cuts quickly between scenes. Sometimes like the Puff and Mace video, there it's more drawn out in one particular scene at any given point in time. This one will cut rapidly between different mm -hmm. scenes. And I'm just, it, it blows me away how the, it never, the visual never loses the beat, which is a weird thing to say, but it never, there's not one moment, not one bar <laughs> that's not locked in with with the track. You got to hand it to the director, David Myers. They just did a phenomenal job. You're right. If this came out today, people would love it. It's yeah. not dated. I mean, it's 20 years old, but it's it's not dated in any no, way, shape, or all. form. Yeah, yeah. What a great time. Great video. I'm actually. I don't. I didn't notice the all the cuts and movements being locked into the beat. I'm going to go watch it again and, and look for that. I didn't notice that. It's one of those things that you don't consciously think about if you're yeah. just sort of taking it in. But it's, it's uh, I, I would love to get a behind the scenes on this one. Like, how did they mm -hmm. make this? Right. How did they line How much is up green with? screen? How much did it, like, right. what did it actually look like in person? You know, yeah. Next one, I will go with, what did I do last word? Stabbing last word? Let's go with tool. Stink this. Cool. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> this... I think I had nightmares after I watched this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> unsettling is the the way the tool videos in general unsettling from sober to prison sex to this one stink fist. But this so, is next level, right? I've seen other tool videos. 
This one really got this one really like maybe this, tense after I yeah, watched. Yeah, this is a pivot for them. This 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 is we did this album. We did Anima, but the videos that came after this were more like this than they were the videos before it. This video was directed by Adam Jones, their guitar player. They do not appear in it as they don't appear in any. They video. never have, I don't think, in any. No, any of their. They videos. do not. It it was on MTV a lot, but it was not called Stink Fist, which they deemed inappropriate and offensive. It was called Track One because it was the first song on the album. So hmm. on, even though all the lyrics were in there, uh, the the video on MTV was called Track One. This video. Uh, Boy, you talk about unsettling. There's a Prometheus vibe to the characters in which that you basically, it opens with these two people. It appears to be a, a man and a woman that are in a room and covered by dust almost where they, they can't see out of their eyes and they, they like, you can't tell if they've been tortured or manipulated and they continue to sort of, eat things that would cause you pain from like a nail to like wires. It's, it's just, a, it's a really. That, that's just, the part of it that I was like, what in the hell is going on here? Like, yeah. this is so, this is creep. Like, this is just uh, unnerving to, yeah. Like they eat, is it a nail? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. yeah there's they, a long nail. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And when he eats the first nail, um, <laughs> <laughs> what a great line. What he's the first nail, not the third or the second. Yeah, but the first, the first time the, the dust man <laughs> eats the nail. Um, there, the lyric, there is a moment in the lyric where it, it makes sense. He says, nothing seems to satisfy. I don't want it. I just need it to breathe, to feel, to know I'm alive. And the song is basically about pain in that way and and it the nail swallowing when those lyrics happen is a I, I think is a specific nod to that I think it is really cool that a band that their signature that they can be so well known for their videos but their signature for the video is that they are not in the videos right you know I mean that is where so many even the, the great videos we're talking about that have stories all have a performance element to it all has we are going to brand this band. This is an opportunity for us to show who the band is. And Tool makes the very conscious decision to say, you're not going to know who we are, which also becomes part of the mystery and identity to them. I think that is actually part of what set them aside because they always, mm -hmm. I, I, I knew this song, but I'd somehow never seen this video. Maybe maybe it was for the best that I hadn't. Okay, <laughs> But I got to say one thing. I was looking at the, uh, at some of the YouTube comments, and there was one that was really cracked me up. Someone wrote, I make my kids watch tool videos when they misbehave. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If I was a kid and I saw I, – I, this would this would be a good way to, you know, set me straight if I was, if I was yeah. misbehaving or, yeah, it <laughs> or, is or doing something outlandish. It's like, hey, you're going to sit and watch this tool video because it, it is terrifying and – it's interesting too that that they made that decision because I think in, if they if you'd actually seen them in more of their videos they would have maybe mixed in with the rest of the lot as far as bands of that era, 
Or, yeah, I mean, they're so like, unique. They just you know? look like a few guys. But even, you yeah. know, it's funny, even when you go to see them, there's something weird going on. Like I saw them once at the factory when I was in college and Maynard was painted half black and half white. Didn't look like he was wearing any clothes. He was probably wearing just like a, like a little, like uh, underpants or something and painted one side of his body black, one side of his body white and stood in the exact same spot the entire time. Like and he's not right up front, spot. right? Isn't he like on a riser? He was sort of off to the side and, and stood sideways. Now he emoted, he moved, but he, he stood in the same spot. Uh, and wow. then another time when I saw him at the tower, he came out wearing like jeans and cowboy's boots and a cowboy hat, which is obviously <laughs> not who he is either. They're always doing something visually that is stimulating that is not a normal band performance. Right, and it's not about how they might look if they just had a standard setup and a standard Correct. look. It's it's part of their right. cachet. Yep. Although I'm not sure if it's fair to say that they would have maybe not set themselves aside visually if they just had a more straight-ahead approach because they're so unique musically too. Even his singing, the way he sings, the way his voice is mixed in the records is totally unique. But it takes it to a different level of mystery yeah. around them. When uh, you know, let's say you didn't know anything about Tool and you watch this, yep. What like what would your what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? You you would you would be perplexed and you'd be engaged at the same time. Let's pick out one more of your videos and then wrap up, and that'll leave a couple of yours, a couple of mine that we'll we'll hit on another episode. Sounds good. Pick one more. Let's do. I'm going right down the list. Let's do the Jamiroquai video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about videos that can make a song more popular. I mean, this yeah. video was a sensation. Quintessential example of that. And I would say in some way, at least in the States, to their detriment, because I think there are a lot of people who only have maybe a passing interest in Jamiroquai, mm -hmm. who know this song, know this video, and don't know much else. And there's so much more there. They have an incredible catalog. Uh, I, I'd venture to say there's probably people at least stateside, maybe not, it's probably not the case in Europe, but who only know this song and video and maybe don't even know the record that we had discussed, Traveling Without Moving. So on the one hand, it, 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 it brought them visibility here in the States. On the other hand, it sort of overshadowed, I think, some of the other things they've done. Yeah. But n nevertheless, there's interesting aspects to this video that I think you don't necessarily pick up on initially. If, you know, especially if you're not that familiar with Jamiroquai, you're just kind of watching it for the first time. Now, the lyric is somewhat, you know, it's somewhat of a prophetic commentary discussing the perils of technology, mm -hmm. you know, and much of what he discusses there, JK, it has come to pass. I mean, it's kind of ahead of its time. A lot of the things that are in the lyric, we've sort of experienced in these last 25 years. It's ironic to me that as he's discussing that sort of thing, the perils of technology, the video itself is very futuristic and feels like it benefits from technology. You know, so here's this guy in something that appears kind of futuristic in a setting, and he's he's almost like talking to you from the future about how how bad things are going to get in some way. But if there's only, more. 
if we only listened to him and the Unabomber, we would have we would maybe been on a better course. Both were saying warnings about technology. We didn't listen, and here we are. You're deleting Twitter off your phone six times a week, and you know we don't have music videos anymore. What the fuck? It, this has not worked out well. Yeah, and I, I like J.K.'s uh, version of the warning much better. Yeah, it's musical yeah, and the Unabomber. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, creative. Sure. It's creative. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting too that people thought that this video was a technological marvel because it appears that way, right, right. at first yep. glance. It's actually not the case when you when you hear from the director of the video. Director of the video, Jonathan Grazer, said this. There's nothing virtual about the method of making this video. He said, what we did was put the whole set on wheels and attach the camera to one wall. The furniture also had little wheels, and we had guys moving the set and furniture outside of the frame the floor never moved. It was like a magician's trick. So there's no visual gimmickry in this. It's, it's just, all done with like analog. It's all done with- It's analog. It's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. very clever way of framing the shots and kind of moving the set and moving the camera, which was a surprise to me because I've been familiar with this video for such a long time. And I always thought there was some sort of technological marvel to it, but it's not the case. It just shows actually sometimes- Less is more. There's not that many scenes. There's maybe three scenes that the video takes place in. Mm-hmm. And and they just do a, a, a great job of just sort of setting it up and giving you just enough that it's sort of like an optical illusion and it pulls you in. Yeah. I mean, it it's just cool to look at. You know what I mean? It's yeah. different. It's never been done like that. I It makes me really appreciate people who, directors and visual arts people who can have an idea of something that you've never seen before, you know, even, you know, I'll, I'll never forget seeing the, uh, it was probably in a movie at some point, but like the, the Bush video for, I think it was come down is all done through like the eye hole lens sort of thing, or there's a part of it that's done through that. And you're like, oh man, what a cool idea, you know? (laughs) And even this is to the director's point is not complicated in how they did it, but somebody had to think, what if we put the whole set on wheels, you know? Right. And, and they saw it in their mind and they needed to figure out a way how to do it and they did it. And it, it I mean, this was a huge hit because of this video. Like not, right. not that it's not a great song, it's a great song, but it, it, this song does not hit its heights without this video. Without a question, and you're right. Just like the 30 Seconds to Mars thing, this set Jamiroquai at that time on a different trajectory. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll wrap it up. We didn't get to, here's what we didn't get to. We didn't get to the Cranberries Linger, which I'd love to talk about. We didn't get, oh, we got to all but but one of yours. And then we didn't get to Puff Daddy and Mace, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. And we didn't get to She Wants Revenge, Tear You Apart. So we'll get to those another time. Again, send us videos if you'd like us to talk about them or send us albums if you'd like us to talk about those, Apple Podcast Reviews or carlandryrecordclub.com. That's all we got. Talk to you next time. Stay free, my goose.